Hello and welcome to Imagine Me and Yuri Kuma. I am Panda. I am your host. And I'm here with my co-host Alice. Hi, Alice. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing as good as I can be. Just had my second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Did you have it today? I had it like four or five hours ago. What? Wow, congratulations! Don't forget to make a tinfoil hat. Mm-hmm. Those 5G waves will be controlling you in just a minute here. I can't wait to buy a Microsoft. You know, I, I happen noticing. I happen noticing that everything is streaming mm-hmm. faster. Cleanse us of our beastly idiocy. Uh, you've already heard the voice of our other hosts on this podcast, Cass. Hi, Cass. Hey, how's it going? And Yasha and Vana. Hi, guys. Hello. How's everyone doing? Sleepy. <laughs> Sleepy. Same. I feel that. I'm hopped up on uh, two different cups of puer tea. Nice. I'm ready. I'm here and ready to mm, d- to dish. Tea. It is good tea. Dishing would be for the Sarah's and my podcast. Yes. Mm. Uh, of which we wow. will, will there's there's a there's a bit of a Sarah Zanmai reference in this Eureka well, episode. Can, can you really reference something before you've made yes. it though? If you're Ikahara, yes. Look, he put a fucking Kappa water canister in Utena. Yeah. He did. True. It's true. It's true. I- Ikuhara just be sitting here, like, giving us breadcrumbs to the next project. We're going to find out that uh, the otter motif yeah. in Sarah's and is for, like, his next show yep. after this one. Oh, God. You know what? Now I'm just picturing him as, like, somebody to whom all times exist at once, and he's not actually referencing <laughs> anything that he, as according to him, hasn't already <laughs> Dr. Made. Manhattan. Yeah. I grow tired of these people, of their analyses of my works, and he slowly rises <laughs> up on the surface of the ground as a Tory Academy forms from the clay beneath him. <laughs> Listen, if someone out there is listening and has the ability to draw a man, which is a thing that I do not possess, <laughs> I cannot draw men, please draw a Dr. Manhattan Ikahara for me, please. Your friend Panda. Please. He can't be Dr. Manhattan because he's too interesting. Dr. Manhattan was I once had strong opinions on Watchmen. Okay. Oh boy. Dr. Manhattan was shitty soulless, wasn't he? Yes. I okay because I'm getting that energy from Solus, except better. Yeah, that's insulting to Solus. I'm not playing Dragon Age Inquisition, so I have never dragoned an age, so I can't speak on any of this. Dragon Age um, is yet another piece of media that uh, saved my sanity. I've it's a, a dating sim. It is, except Basically. there's also killing things and hunting down bear asses. You, Get yeah. me ten bear asses. Okay, sure. Yes, sir. Let's go. Yes. Anyway, Doctor so. Manhattan is. Yes, I've homeless. never dragoned an age, but I support you. You shouldn't. No. Don't. <laughs> no, because right. we went in. What was it you said? I even tweeted about yeah. this, and people were like, "I hate that I get this reference." Yeah, it was like thirty people <laughs> the reference, and we were like, "They're all losers." Yeah, because it was so some, it was something like 
Yeah, it was comparing making an elven mage to like rolling into a Tory Academy with like, like a, a, a mechanic repair. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, you're really uh, <laughs> signaling an intent. Yeah. Womp womp. Anyway, so yeah. Before we start the episode, I feel like we should talk about there's been some Ikahara news. Yeah, what the, what what is happening? Because I do, wait. Do you not know? Do you need me to <sighs> okay, tell you? Yes. I I, I I sort of know, but go ahead and and tell tell, tell me us. because I don't know anything about this. Okay. Tell me. So all that I know is that up until recently there was a mysterious countdown on like the yeah. Penguin Drum website and people were like what's going on and as you may know we're coming up on the 10th anniversary of the release of Penguin Drum so they are attempting to make a Penguin Drum movie that will be partially like a a recap thing, but also partially not. And they are attempting to do this via crowdfunding, but the crowdfunding is restricted to people that live in Japan. Like, wow, you sad. just hate fucking money, don't you? Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah, I. And I know that one of the reasons that they're probably doing this is that several of the, like, backer rewards are things that, like, you could get at the screening of the movie. So they would need to, like, set things up to, like, have a separate backer reward list for international fans. And I just imagine they didn't feel like it was worth the headache. So it is only open to Japanese fans, but I do think that it is just sort of dumb. it is sort of dumb and Honestly, <laughs> losing out on some we money. Could probably, if if somebody you know feels a great and burning urge to get money into the Kickstarter, I'm we sure could, we, we could, could find a way to do like, this. Do it through a proxy, like gather up everybody's money and do it through a proxy. Yeah, like, I wouldn't. Uh, I I would be hesitant. If you're trying to do anything that will get you any sort yeah. of back no, yeah. that could become complicated. Yeah. But if you're listening, if you would like to donate to the Penguin Drum campaign, I imagine that there is a way that yeah, yeah, that could Something be set up. Be yeah, you, you might not get the back yeah. reward bit, but you can probably throw money at yeah. it. But like, we're just laughing because it's like, wow, you guys. <sighs> I feel like it is kind of a fun time for this to happen because shortly we will be done with Yuri Kuma, which means we can move on to Penguin Drum. So we'll be talking about Penguin Drum when this all happens. That sounds that sounds good. Penguin Drum was I feel like Penguin Drum was actually like better than anyone remembers it being, but it was the wrong thing to come out at that time for most of Ikuhara's fan base. Uh, you mean the Western fan base? The, the <laughs> Japanese one too, apparently. Yeah? It was not very well received. Mm. Basically, like, the problem with, with Penguin Drum is Ikuhara had such a long, like, wait between Utena and Penguin Drum that most, that, that his fan base got to coalesce around Utena, and after a few years, that fan base did tend toward being queer. Mm-hmm. Like that, that became a 
by the time Penguin Drum came out, the the fan base in the West and from what I understand also in Japan had kind of shifted towards being like Ikuhara was like queer Jesus, basically. Yeah. For, for making the Utsuna movie <laughs> and all this shit. Um, so when Penguin Drum dropped, we were watching it and we were all like, woo, there's a lot of Ikuhara visuals and tap, tap, tap. Uh, there was there was no queer content that we want to talk about and enjoy and yeah <laughs> like like you know I think there was just a, a big sense of like is also just a difference in scale because Utina is a, an anime about fucking everything on Earth yeah and Penguin Drum is about literally like <laughs> and it, like it's I'm like a narrow gonna. Scale. I'm gonna bleep that out because we haven't covered it yet, so I don't want to... I know that probably most of the people that will be tuning in have watched Penguin Drum, but I just want to make sure if anyone is waiting to watch along with us that they don't... That's... That said... I will. That said, um, it may... You may want to consider encouraging people to not take the bleep. Uh, basically, like, a, a big problem with Penguin Drum is nobody knew what to make of it, and this was before social media really took off, so, you know, you didn't have, like, 5,000 fucking nerds coalescing on Twitter to be like, oh, this was a reference to this, and oh, this was a reference to that, and that's why this makes sense, and do mm-hmm. like with Sarah Zanmai. You didn't okay. have that with Penguin Drum, and when you go from fairy tale metaphors and very easy-to-understand Western kind of metaphors to something that is very, very specifically about an yeah. event that happened in Japan. And involves, like, specific places in fucking Tokyo and, like, yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was a little hard for Western fans to to pick up, so we kind of missed the boat. I have a feeling that yeah. readdressing it now, now that there is a bigger social media network, uh, Ikuhara as a, as a concept has kind of widened. And we just had Sarah Zenmai that was very much that sort of thing as well. You just blew my mind yeah. with the whole Ikuhara as a concept thing. Yeah. Now I'm having flashbacks <laughs> to the otter. He, he he is a concept. <laughs> he is. He's a Truly. bad concept. He's a bad concept. <laughs> so I think Penguin Drum might benefit a bit more from some of those sorts of spoilers going in so you know what you're looking for. I yeah. understand where you're coming but from. It is I just because of the format of this podcast, I don't necessarily want people to feel like we have spoiled it for them without their permission. Yeah. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to bleep that out, but I'm going to leave the rest of this conversation in because I feel like if you look up Penguin Drum online, you can find out what that specific historical yeah. cultural event is and if you feel like you need to know that as part of the context of the show you can it, it, that's Hand something up. that people can Here's find something out something maybe you can leave in okay if you want to get a deeper look at penguin drum then i highly suggest reading murakami's underground that's kind of a spoiler yeah i know mm-hmm. but yeah but it that puts the spoiler in a way that you know, people you'd, who don't want to know aren't. Yeah, you'd have to Google anything about it to find out what it's about. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alice, are you going to be on the Penguin Drum? I hope so. I had no one had mentioned it to me. But yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I just assumed that that would be the next thing we do. 
I am I am following wherever you lead me. Aww. Maybe you should read if you haven't already read it. Read Murakami's Underground. It's and nothing else. very good. It's the, yeah, don't read any other Murakami because you suck. Hey, I was gonna say real quick. Doesn't Murakami kind of suck though? It's, it's, it's not fiction. It's just, yeah, it's so he doesn't get interviews. to like go off on his okay. weird, creepy spiel's about yeah. Harry. Or I I don't know that much about Murakami, but I've heard things. He sucks. Uh, he's always got the um, chubby, sexy girl, and mm-hmm. yeah. I was gonna say I know that he definitely has problems. Ooh, I mean. Yeah. That said, Ikuhara oh, God, definitely. I'm flashing knows back to all of the Japanese mystery novels I've ever read. <laughs> definitely knows his Murakami. Yeah, Ikuhara definitely, definitely so. knows his Murakami. Oh, I believe that. But, but yeah, no, Underground is probably the only book of his that I really super enjoyed. I also kind of enjoyed Hard Boiled Wonderland, but. Um, well, yeah, because that's the one that's the yeah. most Ikuhari. Yeah, but Underground anyway. is based in real life. It is literal interviews with the victims and with some of the cultists, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Alice, if you yeah. want the background on it, I highly recommend that. All right. If not, we can just go in blind, baby. Works. All right. So uh, today we are here to have our Spadaro cut episode <laughs> of episode seven. The girl that you forgot mm-hmm. is the name? Yeah. Yep. I was making sure it wasn't the girl that I forgot. Because <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that from memory. I can't remember. Is it the girl that I forgot or the girl that you forgot? Uh, something like, I forgot. Consult. <laughs> womp womp. Thematically appropriate. Uh, let's see. The girl that I forgot. The girl that I forgot. Episode 7. And Cass, can you tell us? What happens in this episode? Yes. Oh boy. Well, I had about 30 minutes to prep for uh, this podcast, so I'm going to have to do all of this from uh, a week out memory. So, whoops, I'm sorry. If I miss a bit, (laughs) it's okay. There was was some miscommunication. So, straight up, this falls immediately after the events of the previous episode. So, Ginkgo has just jumped into a fire (laughs) to pull out. Uh, Sumika's last message to Kareha, and she's not feeling too good. She is out cold in bed, and Kareha is kind of watching over her, feeling, let's say, charitably disposed toward Ginko in a way that she hasn't largely been up until this point, on account of this, you know, act of bravery. And during that period, Kareha kind of drifts off and has a series of let's call them weird mildly yeah weird fantasies and mildly lucid dreams where she both feels attracted to ginkgo and also kind of begins to remember some repressed events from her childhood culminating in realizing later that ginkgo is someone who she knew as a very small person who was very important to her who left for some reason. Ikuhara be like, oh my god, they were childhood friends. Oh my god, they were roommates. Exactly. Oh my god, they were cousins? Ah. This guy off the fucking bridge. Someone. I believe this episode we also get the uh, very weird, very fun, stylized flashbacks to Ginkgo's backstory Mm -hmm, from her perspective Yep, during her dream sequences. So we learn a little bit about the context of both of these characters and what what led Ginko to befriending 
Kuriha in the first place and why she's so fixated on her and how far back Kuriha's connection to her actually goes. Uh, meanwhile, Lulu is just plotting on bringing these two lovebirds together by making a dish that she happens to know is 100% the flavor of love for them, which is, I believe, just like honeyed milk with ginger. It, it is, uh, yeah, it like a honey drink. ginger mm-hmm. tea. It sounds really good. Ginkgo eventually wakes up, wanders out to the porch. Kuraya kind of confronts her. Lulu, I believe, receives the mysterious note this episode. We do not know what it says yet. And Kuraya kind of confronts Ginko and goes, You've always been in my life. We knew each other years ago. You're the girl I I said I was going to give my promised kiss to. Why didn't you tell me? And Ginko basically goes, She kind of Edward Cullens is the best way I can describe it, given the significance of this revelation later. But she does straight up say, no, there's things about me you don't know, and the episode ends on an ominous cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, the note being pushed under the door. Yeah, the... Yeah. Ginkgo is a bad person. Yeah, G- Ginkgo's just like, I am an evil person, you you can't trust me, I am bad. You know, this is an Ikuhara show, though. Everybody is a bad person. I know, like... I, I press X to doubt my pure, <laughs> my pure and beautiful Ginkgo actually doing anything truly yeah. evil. Oh, man. You know, we've been watching uh, Kimagure cook. He's a guy who just, like, breaks down fish on YouTube. And every time, nice. at the end, when he cooks himself a meal, he's like, and what am I going to drink with this? Ginkgo no yatsu. And he pulls out Anasahi. Yeah, so now whenever I think of it, it's <laughs> yeah. like... So now I'm just like, beer? Beer? <laughs> I, I, def- I, I did buy beer. Oh, good. Beer is good. Beer? Beer. It, it, beer. I'm trying to figure out how to say it so it almost sounds like I'm saying bear. Beer? <laughs> beer? Yeah. Bear. I'm going to chug a, a beer. Yeah. probably hits a bit different when it's this close to bear and we're on a bear podcast. Don't have yep. Also, I'm going to let the cat into the room with Alice because she is starting to scratch the door, and I don't want her recording to get on camera. <laughs> Excellent. Let me in. Yeah, it's this is a very um. This was one of those episodes that's very like hmm, nothing happened. There we go. Yeah, there we go. I our, mean, our, like it's, it's, something I mean, happened. It's stuff that we've seen before, but it's expanding on the stuff yeah. that we've seen before. So it's not. It's not like it's on the one hand. We still have all the same information. On the other hand, we have a better look at that yeah, same information. Yeah, it's one of those, like, reframing episodes where it's, like, and, and hmm. Like, I feel like that generally happens with Ikuhara's two-parters in Utena, too. Like, I'm not saying this is a two-parter, but, like, there's a yeah. lot of points where if you have a two-parter, you have the events in the first episode and then, like, the, the context yeah. in the next. Yeah. And it feels kind of like that, where it's... Like, there was a lot happening in the episode in the sense of context, but not a lot of action, which to me is okay. Like, it's, that's a good kind of breather, especially when we've gotten to this point and we're like, okay, who's thinking what, who's saying what, who's, like, there's a lot of vectors of communication, but a lot of secrecy around it because he's leaned so much into this, like, horror aesthetic that he won't tell anyone anything. Yeah. (laughs) It's very... Like, again, I, I stand by my description of Hirikuma as a soap yeah. opera. This is very much the episode that gives you the uh, the breadcrumbs and the setup yeah. for the next big dramatic twist that'll pull our characters yep. apart. Mm-hmm. And it also is kind of like a, a hard right turn, I think, into, like, up until now, Ginkgo has at various times been mildly sinister. Mm-hmm. And that 
she is just never sinister again after this episode. Like, even after you find out why she thinks she's a bad person. Hmm. Which, to be fair, like, it, it is an actual bad thing she did. Like, this... She's just never sinister again. Nice. <laughs> they, they just drop that angle entirely. This is a full recontextualization of her. Actually, during this episode, I had to, like, remind myself that Kureha didn't know that they were bears because we've seen it so often. And I'm like, doesn't she know yet? Uh, nope. Yeah, no, no, I know. Yeah. She hasn't figured it out yet. Also, the, teach- the teacher nope, ain't Kur- that girl. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. And that fucking yeah. teacher, like... We're dinging, like, all the boxes. You've got, like, the Black Rose, like, people, like, in the box, like, sliding into yeah. the mausoleum, you know, With thing, the filing the, cabinet the background, and you have suspicious authority teacher sitting on a couch across from you drinking tea and, and not being helpful in any fucking way. It's it's all there. What? An authority figure preying on young women in my Suspiria yeah. reference? It's more likely yeah. than you'd think. Mm-hmm. Not in the same scene, but we also did have a planetarium projector. Mm-hmm. We sure like did. An, like an yep. actual planetarium projector. <laughs> also, uh, somehow doing way more than its model design's capabilities. Ikuhara just thinks that planetarium Oh, wow, I'm shocked. Projector. Planetarium projectors you know can do anything. It, <laughs> I mean, they kind of are They are certainly a very pregnant metaphor. <laughs> Oh, right. The other thing I forgot to bring up, I forgot to point out that Ginkgo has the pendant yes. that used to belong to Kureha's yeah. mom. Yes. That's important because that's why Kureha freaks out at the end of the episode. Is that how long it took it's for not, her to figure out that, that pendant? Yes, that is that. Because that that's been fucking Chekhov's pendant for this entire time. Like, yeah. She is a bit of a dork, Waiting yeah. For someone to um, someone I remember the first time I ever watched Iri Kuma, my, my general opinion of Kareha was a lot lower than it is on my successive watches. Yeah, that's, that, that's fair. I like Kareha, but she's a little She's a little dumb. dumb. She is a character who is not as... She's kind of antithetical to the whole, like, mystery angle of this story because she doesn't ever... She kind of never, despite, like, having all these things you'd ostensibly think she'd want to, like, solve that are obvious red flags to the right. audience of, like, hanging information. She is not interested in finding out the answers to any of them because she's a character who's kind of so wrapped up in her own grief. She's new to mm-hmm. That, yeah, that she just she just kind of, like, moves forward with her life mm-hmm. without... Without examining these that she's, things. She's, she's kind of stuck. She's only able to... For most of the story, she's only able to be to act when she is acted yeah. upon. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is kind of... That's partly... Like, partly that's a problem with just telling stories and how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because a lot of the time, like, even with, say, the the original Star Wars, you have to have a character who doesn't know what's going on so, so that, that you can, can ex- tell the story. use them to explain what's going on to the audience. So there's a bit of that. An audience yeah, surrogate, yeah. There's a bit of that in there. It, this, um, this is definitely yeah. that, you know, Ikuhara realizing he actually has to make you care about the characters to make the story work thing. Mm-hmm. This is him, kind of, like, because I do feel like Kareha is not well realized so far, isn't it? Like you said, like you said, uh, <laughs> the, the plot acts on her a lot, whereas she doesn't seem to drive yeah. a lot of plot herself. Yeah. Like, it, it's that sort of thing where she doesn't work as an audience surrogate because you don't really know what she's about and what she's doing and why she's doing it. And We're slowly getting that. You're slowly but, getting there. But, but Ikuhara figured out that didn't work this this way, and he did better with Sarazen, I think. 
I, I'd argue that, like, it's more that he didn't even try for making her an audience surrogate. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I, think, yeah. I think reading her as a failed audience surrogate is probably not entirely charitable, no. because I don't think there was ever I'm that intention. i bitch about it. <laughs> yeah, because she, she's very... I don't think she was ever cast for that role. I think she's... Like, like basically everything else in Yuri Kuma, you are supposed to have your opinion of her change with every twist of the yeah. story as you learn more mm -hmm. about... And, like, whether that's successful entirely... I think kind of entirely rests on how how heavy do you buy into the love story. Yeah. Like, if you, if you think that Ginkgo and Kareha are a couple you actually want to invest in for any reason, then the last few twists of Yuri Kuma really just change your opinion of both of them like by miles and if you if you never get that invested in them that way then like the series is just going to be disappointing for you and a lot of you could you could appreciate the artistry and the craft of it but it will never be quite yeah. as um mm -hmm. satisfying hmm. Hmm. that's gonna be a challenge because i kind of like ginkgo and lula <laughs> i kind of feel like those two were were fine what? Right at the beginning of the, the first show. half of the show was really just the Ginkgo and Lulu show. Yeah, Lulu. like at first, Truly. like when it was just the two of them, like they that seemed like a perfectly happy relationship to me. <laughs> like they were dumb disasters together, and you know, dumb and horny and eat together. Like I don't know, they seemed to. <laughs> I, I I'm just gonna sitting here and going like we we need a uh, we know the devil cut for Yuri Kuma. <laughs> Where, where they finally realize that you can, in fact, be happy with three people. That that would be What's good, yes. What's that got to do with the devil? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's a good that's a, reference. That's a, a visual novel. You might like that one. Uh, it is a very, very short, literally, you can complete it in 45 minutes, stripped-down visual novel that's just the inherent tension of intergroup relationships. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> where you unintentionally exclude someone despite trying to be to hold together a group of three people like someone always gets left on the outside wow. it's it's very cute i like it a lot the worst girls is just very my style <laughs> also it's spooky it good. this sounds like utina anthony walkabout i was about to say it's it's about being gay at bible camp <laughs> it, it is literally about being gay at bible camp that is not even subtext that is the text oh. Now I'm just thinking of But I'm a Cheerleader. Oh, I love But I'm a Cheerleader! Yeah, it's a good movie. It's less because, it's less about But I'm a Cheerleader and more, um, what if you took the darker bits of Sailor Moon and smashed them into that premise? Hmm. It's because they're magical uh, it, girls. Isn't that each one? <laughs> it's very, I, it's hard to describe it without giving you the whole thing. I highly recommend it. This is this is by the way relevant because both um Worst Girls and um their friend Christine Love are huge Uthana fans. Yes. 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 Of course. I was good. I, I just took that for granted. But <laughs> Yes. It, 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 they have taste. Uh, but yeah, on. like that that, that is just like a dynamic here that feels like like I don't know if I'm buying into the romance yet. Because I do feel yeah. like you like like I'm still struck by that Ginkgo and, and, and Lula had the most realized, most accessible, most interesting interpersonal dynamic I've seen on the show so far. I mean, part of that is because Kureha hasn't really interacted with either of them except to be mad at them. Yeah. So there's <laughs> yeah. that. 
I mean, there's her and what's her balls that I don't like. Um, Kauru? Sumika. Sumika. Sumika, that's right. Oh, no. Kauru's the one that just got eight, right? Yep. Yeah, no, that yes. was fine. I yeah, was 100%. Was I like that. That was great. That was... That was rusted power. Yeah, that was big toga moment there. It like, was. It was. <laughs> hum, num, 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 num. That's that's definitely what Toga thought seconds before his death. <laughs> yep. Like I got this. I got this. I got this. Yep. I, I'm just sitting here, and all I can think of is that one um, Gundam beep. I'm a oh, genius. No. Literally, the next scene. Yeah. Oh no! Like, it was like that, and they knew it too. Like it was, it was like, the shots were like horror and fetishy, like '70s schlocky camera shots yep. of her body and stuff like that mm-hmm. that you would see in like a tacky horror movie from the period. But like. You, you and know it's Toga's coming from from the movie. Yeah, they just uprooted Toga's bed from the movie or something. Maybe and he it, rents it out. He rents great. it out. He rents it, he out. rents it out to you know up and coming <laughs> terrible human bears. Well, I mean that's why Shiori was in it. It's true. Yeah, yeah. It's just the <laughs> extended Ikuhara universe. Yes, yes. but but like that I, that that was fine. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Although that is not exactly like a relationship I'm bonding with either. <laughs> Like, that's, you know. No, you're just bonding with the, hey, somebody got eight. Yeah. Excellent. And it was in a pretty cool room that has a look. And I'm like, that's aesthetic. I want that room. <laughs> um, My aesthetic is being eaten by a bear. But that is, sheets. that is, I think, that is, a, I think, a weakness that came out most in this episode because it was also being addressed in this episode, I think, mm-hmm. is that right now I don't feel like any two characters have a connection I'm invested in. Like, Ginkgo has a hu- this huge connection, but, like, literally no one else exactly. gets it. It exists almost entirely in her exactly. head right now. Which which is actually kind of neat, and I kind of like that the shows just come out and say that. And because I think especially if you're, you know, exploring as I think they're attempting to, you know, the experience of being queer and young and a female and also all the eerie stereotypes and stuff that suck and blah, blah, blah. Like I kind of like the idea that that so much of the plot literally is in her head. Like mm-hmm. she's just you're she's just standing there trying to be a queer teenager and has just gone off the deep end in her own little world of extremely important so this. Basically, and... what you're saying is this is the internal life of queers. Tia. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's very like Inland Empire of Ginkgo kind mm-hmm. of. <laughs> of thing mm-hmm. so i do enjoy that's that's the show i, I do enjoy that but um Goodness. what on earth was that noise i'm sorry if you heard that luna took a flying <laughs> leap from ground level into um our into our closet excellent <laughs> and landed, landed perfectly inside Very of a nice. box like absolutely directly on target Perfect. It was a perfect parabola of movement. And honestly, I feel blessed to have witnessed it. I, I'm just sitting here and imagining like the golden the golden rectangle like yes. visually being represented within our cats. Wide <laughs> swinging form. Good. Anyway. So yeah. I mean, there's so. I mean, there's also the whole like backstory with her being isolated and not actually royalty. Yeah, she was 
Queen of Loneliness. Queen of Loneliness. Oh. Which, I mean, like, it doesn't look like the bear society is really all that different from the human society, aside from the, you know, it's rural and how it excludes yeah. people. It seems to suck in exactly yeah. the same mm-hmm. way. And then when there's, like, the the war <laughs> sequence, okay, uh, first of all, Full Metal Jacket yeah. shots. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> that was great. I would Absolutely. love that. Adorable fucking bears in Vietnam. Uh, look, it's the bears, so good. The tanks with bear ears are great. Are great. It's so the, good. The bleeding women silhouettes uh, with the blood gushing out from their crotch is, is some big, oh, that's going to be coming back later in Sarah's and my. Yeah. So I was, I was excited <laughs> to see like, you know, the first iteration of that bullshit. <laughs> Where they pretty much were doing the pose that's on the back of trucks. Yeah. It was the, tr- yeah. yeah. Yes. Which is, you know. The most, the most fetish woman, yeah, yeah, mud flaps, yeah, yeah, like Aki and Joka did. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I'm just kind of sitting here and like enjoying, it. like, I, I want to say there's like a, um, it reminded me a lot of almost like a Saul Bass thing. I think that's his name, uh, title card artist guy, where like everything is just highly abstracted down to Wait, very, very that- minimal. Is that the guy who did stuff for uh, James Bond? One of them, I want to say. Okay. I, the, the, I was definitely maybe the Bond it's just girl a... silhouette thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just googled it, Pravana. Oh, yeah, the man with the golden arm and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anatomy of a Murder. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Vertigo. Yeah, like yeah. That, like my brain was like just kind of instantly going. Because I made that same connection to, like, the mudflap thing, but I also might... Probably because I've been listening to a lot of James Bond podcasts lately for my own reasons, uh, that just bumped into my head. have you read the books? I have not read the original Ian Fleming novels, no. They're actually very good. I have heard heard they are, in a lot of ways, better than the movies, and uh, good, because I... Strong opinions about the films, including the fact that I think the Connery ones are okay. the worst. Oh, God. <laughs> Some of them are really, really oh, God, beautiful. Too. Taking <laughs> one minute of time to uh, to just okay. talk about the James Bond books. Okay, the James okay. Bond books actually give the women way more agency and respect than any of the films do. That's James yeah. Bond himself is sexist, and the narrative points that out and points out how it's stupid mm. a lot of the time almost all the time like he'll be sitting there thinking like oh look at this dumb bitch she doesn't even know what she's talking about meanwhile the narrative is making it clear that the woman knows more about what's going on than james does and he's the dumb bitch so that was fun in the novels he's not an aspirational he is figure absolutely not. is the biggest difference he i've heard absolutely yeah. not an aspirational figure he is a dumbass in a believable way and there's okay uh what's live and let die is extremely racist in this like weird kind of i don't know like it does okay your minute is up okay i'm done (laughs) (laughs) reclaiming my time but yeah you should read them they're good yeah i I will i will 100 percent do that yeah i i cannot stand sean connery uh i think those movies are all some of them are like really beautifully shot and acted, but like generally, I I find him to be a really distasteful version of the Bull character. Is the only good Bond. The end. <laughs> <laughs> the hills we are dying. Arguably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, back to Yuri Kuma. Anyway, 
uh, Ginko, worst Bond girl ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a lesbian, so that doesn't help. You know what? Yeah. So was Pussy Galore. That's true. Oh, God, why did you have to remind me? <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, wait. Oh, my God. That is nine points of psychic damage I Excellent. now have to take. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to leave that dice roll in. <laughs> Uh, so, so if Kinko if was a bad girl, what would her name be? It would be Pussy Galore. We no, already said. No, that's already a Bond girl's name. Besides, that's a cat reference. We need a bear reference one. <laughs> I'm struggling to come up with a reference. It's not a girl's name. Bear necessity is good. Oh, no. There should be a way for me to make a pun with the word bear that refers to some kind of either being horny or like female genitalia in the way the octopus he does, but I can't. Ivana B. Bear? Ivana B. Bear? Christ. That's stupid. Yeah, that works. I'm dying. My soul is leaving my body. I opened this door and you all walked in. This will be the last appearance of Cass on the podcast because she has died. On this podcast or any podcast, Big Steppy will now uh, end with the bonus Lancer episode. As Big my soul Steppy, rest in pieces. Yeah, no. Ivana oh be bar. Okay, but um, so this episode. So uh, this this uh, Kumari uh, I bullshit. Why this does lady. she look like Sailor Moon? Uh, cause she has bear ears. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, she has the little dongo bear ears. My my issue oh, with that is so cute. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I need you to know that the fact that you don't like it is good for me because when you find out why you don't like it, it will make, like everything will come into perfect focus. <laughs> We are in the end game now. Alice is over here just like going, but yes, balanced as all things should be. Because <laughs> like, you think you don't like it now. You're going to not like it. I have a, a, I have a, a thought, but I don't know if this is a thought informed by accidentally reading a spoiler or at some point, or if I am just deeply out of my ass. I mean, generally that's the case, even when it is a real thing. But it thing. might be both. I, I don't really know. Um, but just say it. Is what's her bitch face that I don't like? Also, Lady Kamaria. <laughs> yes. We're not gonna spoil her yet. Yeah, because they both have the same empty promises, Virgin Mary bullshit that I hate. Yeah, it's the same energy. I am. Yeah. This is something I'm, that I don't know either, so we can't reveal that yet. I think that if I say yes or no to this question, that panda will murder me. Yes. So I will not answer you. My, my, the uh, I'll let my I'm reaction coming, stand reason... for itself, and I will not confirm why I was laughing like a lunatic. The reason I keep thinking of that is, like, the way that she's presented as, like, you know, as a goddess, it, 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 there's a very, like, Virgin Mary, oh, fetishistic... Oh, I totally get it, yeah. She feels like a re- unreal. She feels like not a real person. Yeah. Like, if you were trying to, like, you're trying to act a part of being the sweet, nice girl, you might do some of these things. I had that impression as well the first time I, I watched it. I thought, not quite what you just said, but something similar of, like, this person feels 
deeply repressed. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. it, I, like, it's starting to smell possibly like, like, if I assume that that bitch I don't like is actually Lady Kumaria, and she's a god figure, and she's the Virgin Mary, and Madonna, and Jesus, and. Mm-hmm. and whatever thousand different deities we're, we're pulling from and, and andraste <laughs> it's andraste <laughs> then you get to that trope of you know gods on earth mm-hmm. which is a popular trope in that i know a lot about it because of course i do but there's always that whole thing where if you take like a god and then you manifest them as a human in some way there's like this awkwardness about them because they don't know how to human and solace is basically like this yeah um yeah except i like that because he's a disaster and a dick and a dick and she's just boring but it she comes across as what a deity would be like if she was just thrown into a human body but had no frame of reference for how to human properly or bear or whatever yeah and so she's just this (laughs) bottomless bottomless well of perfect woo-woo that actually makes for a very boring person although it is what you wanted a deity and like that's a thing that gets played on a lot and that's what i'm getting now from sumika mm. is that that whole why can't female gods also be disaster assholes i, I mean, mean there's no okay i did that wow what i was like well there's there the are devil definitely Prada, examples and then there's of that, that one sure. where what's her face was the devil who oh yeah her uh yeah. <laughs> elizabeth hurley yeah. except that you just said god and i was listing devils and it didn't occur to me to hmm. i mean amaterasu did almost doom the world because she had like a bad it, day right like mm-hmm. and refused to come out until someone did the naked and dance for her the only one i respect yep mad respect mm-hmm. mad respect uh not technically a deity but uh queen med from um oh, yeah. the uh the cattle raid of Cooley yeah. is a personal favorite mythology of mine and apparently some scholars think she might or might not be a recontextualized version of a fertility goddess mm. so yeah i think i've read that uh i i leave that i leave that in the air wikipedia might be lying to me <laughs> wikipedia people wouldn't just do that they wouldn't just lie on the internet would they? Just go on the internet and tell lies no. Yeah, I couldn't remember the line there, and I don't know why my buster sounded like a Mickey Mouse, but here we are. <laughs> Doesn't happen. No one ever lies on the internet. That's why everybody can be absolutely Gosh, Donald, sure I hope that nobody I tells lies to us. God, I hate that voice. Please never do that voice again. <laughs> I, mean, I swear to God, you say what you think you're about to say. Don't. I must not fear. killer. <laughs> the little death that brings total oblivion. Kill me. Uh... So what you're saying is fear is an orgasm. <laughs> I'm so glad somebody else thinks of that as soon as they hear the, the lending of fear from, uh, yeah. from Dune, because I thought of it every time uh-huh. I heard it. Uh-huh. You and me, Alice. I also right misquoted, there. it's the little death that brings total annihilation, but who cares? Well, I mean, I guess if it's that good. <laughs> I hate <What>? this. <laughs> we, we just walked into Alice's house and killed her where she lived. You and, just woke uh, up killed- and chose violence. <laughs> Yeah. Well, every day, every day. Our di- that that is my di- that is our dynamic is you introduce cursed things to me and I don't like them. Yeah, actually, that's my dynamic with a lot of people. It's yeah. bracing, it's fortifying, Alice. <laughs> that's why that's why we do it. Building character. Yes, it's how we're, it's our form of extroversion. Yeah, hurting people. Yeah, we we gain. <laughs> <emotional energy laughs> 
terrifying people with terrible shit that we know. Mm-hmm. Vana just told everybody in, in the Discord, apparently, about the time that those uh, scientists had sex with a dolphin. Well, yeah, well, thanks. Hi. Bye. Did not, did not everybody know about that? Yeah, apparently, about apparently that. nobody knew nope, about goodbye. it until she <laughs> spread it around. You know. They said it was an urban legend, well, apparently. Uh, Any, no, anyway, yeah, was... <laughs> look, so about this episode. Yes. This, this ep- the episode I don't really think entirely productively depicts, but I I think that they were trying to do a whole, ooh, this system really isn't that dissimilar to this other system. Yeah, humans and bears are just yeah. the same. Yeah, except that the bears presented this, you know, Andraste figure, this goddess figure that you don't actually interact directly with that motivates everyone to go they they did the they went the papacy route mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> the school seems to be going the cult of personality route which mm-hmm. would work better if i thought that teacher had a personality of some kind but she's just her personality is menace i eat girls menacing and thirsty yes. <laughs> okay yeah but that was her that two was, personality was traits personality for the first like arc he's in and yet he womp, was womp. interesting and she is not yeah, I mean, our, uh, Akio also had, like, um, how many episodes to develop versus no, you know Yurikuma getting you know 13 episodes missing? to tell the whole story. She, she, what she's missing that that makes you like Akio and not her is demonstrations of power. She has not yeah. demonstrated I mean, any power. Akio yeah, right. did all over the place. I think you're going to love next episode, and I will not say anything <laughs> okay. else. I, I am looking for someone to stand, okay? Please bring me a. Uh, you don't. You don't need a. You don't need to like it. It's okay. Wanda's I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll wandering do it for all of us. This blizzarding wilderness. Looking. I just need a villain. I just yeah. need a villain. I, I'm stand. stretching through the the frozen Full Metal Jacket wasteland, waste, <laughs> waiting for my dumpster Kumaria to show up. <laughs> like, who's the biggest asshole? I need. To, I need to know. Right now, it's Gingo, actually. Which is why you and stand I, Ginko. And I stand Ginko. She's great. Ginko she's is good. Ginko, Ginko is easily yeah. the best character and in the And now Yurikuma. that I know that she's not actually, like, like that, that she basically was just like, everyone hates me, I'm isolated, so fuck it. I'm. J-. She's the Onion Princess, but yeah. now she's the main character. <laughs> yeah. She's like, fuck it, I'm gonna make myself special. <laughs> and she did. And she did, and... It, God bless her for it. Even <laughs> if, like, she goes back to Bearland and she's basically like that dude that was in San Francisco that declared himself the emperor. Mm. Yes. And everyone's like, uh, okay. And it turns out I mean, people cool. actually took his legal tender and everything. Yeah. Right? No, yeah. it was great. That's, that's game. Hey, this is an Emperor Norton appreciation zone. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. I still remember, like, the judgment that, like, was passed on him where, like, they tried to get him uh, committed and the judge refused on basis of. Uh, he seems to be of sound mind, and also, despite his claims to be an emperor, uh, he has never done anything to harm anyone nor killed anyone, which is more than we can say for most people in the yeah, emperor. Like, game. As yeah, as far as emperors go, he's he's, <laughs> he's pretty, pretty solid. One. Yeah, that's that's being that's what Ginko is going to be like if she goes back to the bear. Yeah, well, <laughs> she's going to be like that person, and Lulu will believe in her and support her and be her like. <laughs> Look, I just want those two to be happy together. I kind of just. Yeah, kind of. Like those two. Yeah, I'm not really buying like... the whole like childhood love thing either. Yeah, 
Especially since that's, right? that's sort of a red flag when it's Ikuhara. Because usually the, we knew them <laughs> as children is usually not a good thing. Yeah. So the, that he's yeah. playing it straight <laughs> here. Hey, now Koei a- gave Kazuki his Misanga and that was good. Well, that's true. Yeah, Sarazanmai did a, a variant on this as well, didn't it? Yeah. Next, Penguin Drum did too, but... Uh, well, that, that we won't that. get there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't yeah, tell no, me how that goes. I, I I want to I want to experience that death for myself. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like like I don't know. Like um, I think he established I, the we knew them as children dynamic in the worst possible fucking way. After like yeah, like Uchina and I think Sailor Moon R had a problem. Like had this too. Mm-hmm. If I uh, Sailor Moon R had it in the Sailor Moon R in the movie, movie yeah, which Ikuhara yeah. did do. Uh, so, like, he established this as a terrible fucking thing you don't want him to do, and then went on to go here the Wooby versions, <laughs> and so now we're just, just like traumatized, like, no, get it away. Like, wait, they knew she Kinko knew I, her as a child. What did she do to her? <laughs> I can can I make a uh, a pitch here for? another angle Mm -hmm. for this without spoiling anything okay so i'm gonna straight up say that i think yurikuma is a series that benefits from rewatching, mostly because watching all of the episodes with the context of already having seen the show makes everyone like five times more comprehensible and three times less frustrating that makes sense yeah and so having been able to do that a couple of times now i think my angle on why Kureha Ginko is sort of the uh, the relationship that gets focused on is the series is kind of about it's less it's less about like oh they were childhood friends and that's why they're close it's more about Ginko getting to like hold on to this childhood dream and Kureha getting it sort of taken from her and getting a chance to get it back because a lot of Kureha's dynamic with Ginko, a lot of why she's frustrated by her and they don't connect early on is taken up in the fact that Koreha, for most of the story, like, we're halfway through now and she's only just remembered mm-hmm. that Ginko, that she knew Ginko yeah. as a child. Mm-hmm. She's only just kind of made the connection that Ginko may, in fact, in fact, I don't even think she's made the connection at this point explicitly that Ginko is a bear. Yeah, not quite. Which is, not quite yeah. No. yeah, which is, which is a, that's a big thing. And I think that a lot of what makes the dynamic between them good is that Yurikuma's through line is that whole idea of, I won't give up on love, I'll do X instead. Mm-hmm. And the characters are sort of judged on, one, will they give up on love? And two, is the thing that they give up a healthy thing to give up to hold on to this? And the model that Ikuhara kind of presents is that Ginko is sort of the one person who gets to make that bargain, who ultimately kind of makes the right bargain for the right reasons in a lot of ways. And Kureha ends up kind of getting eventually challenged with the idea of, like, what will you do? And so it's it's less about, like, you know, these are the star-crossed lovers because they knew each other when they were kids, and more about, of all of the ways you can have the stuff in your childhood come back and affect you, and all the ways society can, like, force you to compromise on your ideals for your relationships and for your life, mm-hmm. what what sacrifices will you make? And these are the two who ultimately, from this show's perspective, make the right sacrifice, is I think the argument Ikuhara makes okay. in this. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. You know, like, when, when when you're talking, like, I especially, like, caught, like, the idea of, um, 
like how you were describing that eventually it's going to be like, okay, now what are you going to do, Kureha? And now that I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of it more like, would Kureha be more compelling to me if I thought of her as a Madoka character? Hmm. Because, it, because like Madoka is like 12 episodes of you waiting for her to get in the fucking dress. Yeah. Like, yeah. she doesn't make her decision until the last goddamn episode because good fuck for her. you. But it's great. And I love it for that. And, like, maybe that's kind of what they were going for with Kureha is she's not supposed to be, like, a super active agent in the story or anything yet. She's still, like, it's, like, that it's she, the internal process. Her agency her. is in the one choice, and it, this is all leading up yeah. to that choice. Is Yeah, that's, I don't, I don't know if I would say that, without spoiling, I don't know if I would 100% say that Yurikuma follows that exactly, but it's a much closer... Yeah description of the beat that that he ends up going for that's probably like 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 i think i'm going to definitely stick more with that perspective as as far as how i read kareha because i've been like frustrated that she's not more active as an agent but it does seem like they're kind of trying to present it as she's trying to make a choice with all of these different weird circumstances like Mm -hmm. coalescing around her and i don't know if they did it they they didn't they didn't do a good as good a job setting all that up as they did in Madoka. But well, I mean, yeah, that's if it is building up to a choice or set of choices at the end, we're not going to be able to judge the setup until until we, we see the end. to get to the end. Yeah, um, that is I can see why this show didn't do as well in that case, because that's a big ask. The whole like you are not going to get it until the end is a very yeah. big ask. Yeah, it's a huge Especially ask. Especially for Mikuhara, yeah. because we're all used to his bullshit by now. <laughs> and we're um, like, this might not go well. Honestly, though, I think he's probably one of the better ones to be making that ask in the first yeah, place. Yeah, like at because... this point, he can make that ask. Yeah. And I think he got to make that ask with this show, because to be honest, after Penguin Drum, which was not a big success, uh, the the expectations for Yuri Kumo were not great. And I think in some ways that maybe that kind of worked for it because I think he tried some storytelling things and mm-hmm. he, he, what he was trying to do here was definitely a stretch even for him mm-hmm. as, mm-hmm. as far as yeah. the asks he's putting on the audience, um, the, what information he's wanting gleaned from the visuals and all of this. Like, I feel like this one is more messy even than his other works because he was trying things I don't think he would have gotten away with Yeah, when it was Penguin Drum and he just finished Utena and everyone was like, okay, do Utena again. So, like, he couldn't have tried that with Penguin Drum. Yeah. Frankly, this was the low point in his career as far as expectations. So, I think he got to challenge himself a lot and that's kind of what I'm seeing and bumping against is him trying new things Mm -hmm. but i am enjoying seeing that and i am enjoying seeing what's not working as well as what is working yeah and i do like the idea that he wants you to that that he's requiring the audience to roll with kareha as a character to find out what her arc is over time Mm -hmm. i'm kind of enjoying the challenge of having to see if that ask was worth it Mm -hmm. so yeah you know like like I'm not trying to dunk I, on it. I, I actually am enjoying that, that aspect. Just a little a side note. Yeah, it's 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 very much like. And the other thing is that, um, as I've said, like I I do think Yuri Kuma is a lot more. I have a lot of strong attachment to it, but also I 
maybe over identify with some of the characters, particularly mm-hmm. Ginko. Uh, yeah. I I have a lot of fondness for, so I can never really watch this show and like fully. One, I can never really reclaim the experience of having watched it for the yeah. first time, and two, I can never really watch this show and not have in the back of my head like, no, my dear sweet child, don't let anything yeah. hurt her. <laughs> just just a little side note here. How disappointed would we all be if Ikuhara had just made Utena over again and over again and over again? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. absolutely. Like that's no. that honestly there's... I would much rather have yeah. what we got instead oh, totally. of him just rehashing the same shit over again. You say that, but I would 100% be down for, okay, I just made Uthana again, but this time it has big robots. (laughs) Isn't that what the new Ava movies are? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm actually sitting here and I was, you said that and I was like, yeah, I would be kind of disappointed. And then I thought to myself, but how bad would I have really been if we got 10 episodes of almost Uthana, but instead of, um swords everyone has springfield rifles <laughs> i mean and i just sat there and i went like probably still disappointed but i would absolutely use one of those characters as my avatar online for it's, like the next eight true. years like, he it's 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 a challenge to have pumped out something like you to know earlier on in your career and then have it to follow it up with things so mm-hmm. i am i am glad that none of these things just feel like some more routine shit yeah <laughs> Utena is, is also a very hard character to beat as far as a main character, and I think he struggles yeah. a lot. Too. I mean, we we piss on her a lot. Yeah, but, I, she, but but she is extremely good as a, as a main character for that kind yeah. of story. Like, oh yeah, Vanna and I talk shit about Utena all day, but honestly, we we really respect her as a character, and if she was a person, we would respect her as a person. Like yeah. she's just very. She's very strong, and that's something that maybe I would like to see a little more of in Yuri Kuma, but yeah. that depends on where things are going. Yeah, like, I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. to see where that energy is coming from. I, and like and like I said, like, if it's being framed as a build-up to that that decision and that point, mm-hmm. then, then I'm all for that, and I am kind of looking for that, because I feel like that's what they're setting up I think there. this is part of why mm-hmm. Cass and Alice keep saying that this benefits from rewatches. Is once you know yeah. that, once you know yeah. what it's building yeah. up to, then... Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I can, de- like, it's, it just stinks of, like, rewatch. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. It's beautiful, yeah. so it's not like it would be hard to rewatch. Like the yeah. backgrounds are fucking gorgeous. Like, oh yeah, like, a, a lot of the time watching I, Ikuhara's later works, I just get like, I, what, what, this money? What would he have done with Utena? Yeah, I know, right? With this money, but then you see that he spent an awful lot of money on you know a dude coming out of Kappa's asshole. And you're like, wait, maybe he shouldn't have had extra money. <laughs> maybe we him. should restrict his budget. <laughs> maybe that was for the best. What is it they call Sakuga? Yeah. Is that what they're called? Sakuga is... When um, they suddenly increase the animation quality a lot. Yeah, it's usually um, usually Sakuga, and it's usually the result of less spending money and more. A particular key animator got handed a bit and told you get to show oh, off. Okay. And so they yeah. did. Yeah. Knowing yeah. knowing where uh, they do that for Utena makes me kind of like okay maybe we shouldn't have given them more money maybe that's yeah because actually that's that's a really informative way to look at Utena at least is where does the animation suddenly get better 
because no, no that's when you know what they want you to pay attention real yeah. hard to. No, we're good. A lot of Utena is the result of, as well, like, um, compromise, because, like, a lot of the Sakuga and Utena is reused animation, and the reason it, they go so hard there is, uh, from a budgetary level, they were like, well, we, we have to make sure, the audience will have to watch this Ten scene times. a bunch mm -hmm. of times, so we want to make sure that every single time you see it, you don't go, oh, man, this again? You go, this oh, again. man, this yeah. again! Yeah! Yeah! yeah. And, and he knew, he knows how to make that work, which is why, like, the repeated sequences yeah. in Penguin Drum and this and Sarah's and my are all very fun to rewatch. Great. Yeah. yeah. Like again, that I mean like in Sarah's on my, like there was the Kappa's ass thing, but there's also I think probably the better example would be um the Otter Festival dance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which is the single best sequence in any Ikuhara thing ever, and possibly uh the greatest piece of animation ever filmed. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> the English version of that was good. It was. Otterly Sexy? Otterly Sexy, oh. Otterly Sexy was such a good localization yeah, choice. Was, they they knew what they were dealing with, and I admire yes. the, the energy that they went with there. And in that <laughs> sense, I kind of feel like Yuri Kuma is definitely benefiting from having watched Sarah's Anmai. Yeah. yeah. Like, I am yeah. enjoying it a lot 100%. more having watched Sarah's Anmai because... I feel like Sarah Zen might prepped me a bit better to to make sense of this. Mm -hmm. This is this is me yeah. going back and reading Euromancer after I've actually okay, seen yeah. some cyberpunk. <laughs> I suddenly really want to watch I've decided I want the next Ikuhara thing now that I've seen Sarah Zan might just be him doing what if I set an entire story in the weird industrial machinescape things that I keep cutting to in my weird movies and shows. <laughs> I mean... Like, I just want the whole series to look like the inside of the factory in Sarah's Anmai. You know what? I would let him. Yes. Okay, the I inside of the factory in Sarah's Anmai, by the way, is also a Murakami thing. I can't remember which book that was. Yeah. But there's a whole, there's a whole thing yeah. in a Murakami book that is But don't bother like, reading Murakami. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> Note to self, do not yeah. read Murakami. Only Thank you. Only underground. Only underground. But, uh, All right, guys, we yeah. should probably wrap up soon. So, <laughs> any thoughts on on uh, well, Ginko I mean, maybe being evil? Just and... going back to the animation thing, I almost feel like we would have better footing for watching Yurikuma if they'd had less money and they had those points where suddenly the animation picks up. So they, oh, hey, I need to pay attention to this now. Yeah. I don't know whether yeah. it's a Pavlovian response on my part or what, but the, the lack of that <laughs> kind of makes me like, okay, so which parts of this are important? Well, they kind of do. It's just that the bits where that happens is um, they stop using them after a while mm -hmm. because it's the, uh, the Yuri approved sequences. Yeah. 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 I would say in this case it was that war sequence. Yeah. Like they they really <laughs> yeah. leaned into making sure you knew that this was just a very ugly, bloody, miserable mess on both sides. Yeah. For, which but is, nobody can I can't tell why. Nobody You know what's great I still though, don't know why. is that all of the imagery was so cute and adorable. I and know. Yet you come away <laughs> from know. it and you're like, I have PTSD from this. Yeah. Like the <laughs> like the black and white, like just like, this is literally Ikuhara, like, hey guys, remember that time I made this su this shot of Anthe being impaled that was so horrifying? They made me warp the image on TV. Yeah. I'm gonna do that again, but now it's adorable. Now it's pure bears mauling the <laughs> shit out of a little girl that has a gun and pigtails. 
Cow, cow. Cow, cow. Nothing but nothing but respect for my Honestly, team. like <laughs> not respect, but it is also like, oh my lord. But um that man's brain just, is so Oh bad. god, horrible mental image. If this had had to be done with like the Udna characters, would it be like the same shot with Anthe, but she has like the OWO face? Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yes, do it. Yes. I, I yeah. Oh, oh yeah. In the remake, uh, Anthony is constantly cursed in a very specifically XD roar kind of way. You know what? I'm I'm picturing Anthony with the OWO face, but it's coming out in Zalgo. I don't know if you guys know Zalgo, but <laughs> I know Zalgo. I know Zalgo. Right. I have been cursed by this yes. image. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, final thoughts, I guess. Final thoughts. Donna? I, I am very curious where this is going from here. I actually really loved the final like set of shots uh, where Ginkgo's like out on the balcony and a, like I'm pretty sure there were a couple like references maybe to something I can't remember what. Mm-hmm. But when we were watching it, Ginkgo was like pantsless on the balcony, and I totally called Vano. Yeah, that. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm always pantsless <laughs> on our balcony, which is bad because it's like twelve stories up and. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, You're probably giving someone a bad, bad view of something they don't want to see. Anyway, yeah. uh, it's too high up. For yeah, that. yeah, I don't care. Also, <laughs> um, I, I, I did like how that ener- that energy was because that did feel like kind of a intimate moment. Yeah, like I kind of like how they yeah. did that reveal, especially because it does call back to. Uh, I think Korea even goes like it. I know you, or it was you, or or something like that. Yeah. And it was very much yeah. like in when you're thinking of like Ikuhara's work, like it's the counterpoint to that like moment where Uchin is like, could it be that you and I? Yeah. Dot, yeah. dot, dot. And it, it kind of had like similar energy there, except with no asshole barging in and interrupting them. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> good start. I mean, there was that letter that interrupts it, but mm. whatever. <laughs> I'm very curious to see the next episode because. I, I want to see how that relationship uh, I'm assuming develops from here because like at this point yeah. all the cards are pretty much on the table mm-hmm. as far as yeah. like what the reveals are mm-hmm. so I'm I'm looking forward to it and that's I guess what this kind of episode when they do these episodes that's the point because it isn't yeah ooh new action it's ooh new context and now that you have this context what are what are we going to do with it from here and I am looking yeah forward. also that teacher is the bear and I don't know why they didn't fucking just look we'll get there i'll tell you why they did i mean look you know know. so like they'll get there but as far as i'm concerned for this episode it should have just been called kureha catches the gay panic yeah oh yeah that opening sequence was gay panic (laughs) as fuck yeah (laughs) careless whisper comes right in on time with the flowing ribbon seriously though it's just like 69 i agree yeah is really awkward to do, actually. Yeah. Ikuhara, it's not as easy. It's like, Ikuhara, have you ever kissed anyone? Probably have, not. Have you ever done the... Up- Jury's still out. Have, yeah. Have you done the upside-down kiss, Ikuhara? Because it's actually kind of tricky. Yeah. It's not that easy. <laughs> All right. So, I think that that... I feel like that pretty summarily wrap, wraps us up. <laughs> Listeners, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at UtanaCast. And if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Ampandanata. Alice, where can people find you online? 
Um, as long as I have Twitter, <laughs> which can change at any moment because Twitter is a hell okay. site, you can find me at Lyrewolf, which is L Y R E W U L F. And Yasha and Vana, where can people find you if they <laughs> so wish to? If you wish to find us on the internet, we are always at O H T O R I dot N U, or you can follow our Twitter at O H T O R I underscore N U. If you need to find any image relating to Revolutionary Girl Utsuna or have seen any image relating to Revolutionary Girl Utsuna, I guarantee it is on that site. I literally, I don't even use Google when I need to find an Utsuna image anymore. I just go to like my my mobile browser on my phone automatically (laughs) like finishes to like otori.news slash gallery or whatever same though <laughs> actually yeah <laughs> it's useful uh cass cass you don't have social media but where would you like to point people to on the internet i'm glad you asked as part of the greater panda podcast uh audio universe <laughs> yes. alice and i also record a podcast um with episodes coming out on a monthly basis called Big Steppy, a podcast about real robots, cool robots, and real cool robots. We're mostly a Gundam podcast, but we are branching out into other real robot content. We have a planned episode on Battletech, oh, which Alice yes. is a big fan of. <laughs> and we just finished recording uh, an episode on the tabletop RPG Lancer, Lancer, which I am a huge fan of, and I think... Basically, anyone who likes role-playing games should check out Post Haste. It is a very good little game with a lot of interesting ideas about both giant robots and science fiction. All right, and listeners, if you would like to support the show, we are on Patreon, and you can find that link pretty much anywhere you can find us on the internet. We have upcoming merch soon. I have revealed the design for that merch to our patrons, so if you would like to learn what that is going to be before everyone else, you can check that out on our Patreon. And uh, if you are a member of the Patreon and you upgrade your patronage to the merch tier when we uh, announce the merch is going to be coming out, you will get for free Included with your uh, your new merch, you will also get a either one of the the pins that we made of our sign off, or you will get a Nanamu keychain. So keep an eye on that because I'm very yeah, that, excited. That new about merch is good. It's it's Vana approved. <laughs> I'm very excited about our new pin. <laughs> Otherwise, if you would like to see me reblog Utana posts on Tumblr, you can do that at imaginemeandutana.tumblr.com. You can email us at imaginemeandutana at gmail.com. We have a Google Forms sign-up sheet for being a guest on this podcast for any Ikuhara properties uh, or any topic that is related to ikuhara even tangentially so if you would like to come on the show that is a really easy way to make sure that that can happen uh i think that that is everything so um i'm just gonna say gal gal look for the bear